Hello and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of the people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real raw conversations about life change through Jesus. I'm your host, Audrey Wallace. Today, I get to talk with Jocelyn Olminski. Jocelyn's story is so cool. I love when it's a full circle life story. Um, She went through some hard times as a teenager and is now here at our interning at Grace Church and mentoring teenagers who may or may not be going through hard times as well. And fun fact, you guys, the second that we stopped recording, our producer, Jason Mitter, stood up and hugged Jocelyn and thanked her because she actually is mentoring his own daughter here at Grace Church Ministries. Oh, this stuff is so good. Can't wait for you to hear Jocelyn's story. Hey, Jocelyn. Hello. Welcome. So glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time with us. Yeah, of course. My first ever podcast. Wonderful. (laughs) Well, I think you have a wonderful story and a wonderful podcast voice. So this is very exciting. (laughs) This is good. Um, Well, you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit because um, for our listeners, Jocelyn was a part of a panel that we had at the women's retreat. And we have had Shanda from that panel on this um, podcast, Sunny and Leanne, who were speakers from the retreat, were also on the podcast. So this is wonderful that you get to be here. And you shared a little bit of your story there. So if anybody who's listening was at the retreat, uh, we're all going to get to hear more about Jocelyn's story here today. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So let's go ahead and get started at the beginning. Usually I start by just asking where you were raised and what your home was like growing up. And tell us about Jocelyn as a kid. Yeah, sounds good. So I I typically start off my story just kind of um, sharing about the time that my parents were divorced and got a divorce. So uh, that was whenever I was young, super Mm -hmm. young. And after that, my um, mom, a friend of hers, recommended Grace Church. And Mm. so since then, we've been attending Grace and have kind of been uh, involved at Grace. And so, um, yeah, I guess faith background, church background, all kind of stemmed after the Mm -hmm. divorce. Um, So that was whenever I was two or three. And Mm. so we kind of grow up coming to church every other weekend. So like the time that I wasn't with my dad and wasn't, um, yeah, that I was with my mom. Mm -hmm. And even whenever uh, I would be at church, so it would be, yeah, very spontaneous just because it wasn't super consistent all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have a whole bunch of like early church memories or uh, kind of like things that had happened early on. Okay. And coming to Grace, your mom's friend suggested it. Was that something that also went home with you and lived out in your home and you guys prayed at dinner and talked about Jesus and was that like a real relationship or was it a weekend thing that you guys did as you were kind of learning and and growing there? Yeah, I would say it was more of a weekend thing. I, I think like wishing that it had become a part of like what we did throughout the week at home and Mm -hmm. kind of a part of our routine, but it just wasn't, it wasn't something that like not, not really remembering like spiritual conversations. Where are you at? Like, do you know this in the Bible? Do you know that? Mm -hmm. It just became like we would pray before dinner and maybe before bed. And Mm -hmm. then we would show up to church. Um, and then as soon as the service was, was over, we left. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So that was your early years getting introduced to grace and 
what I understand of grace, like our mission here, we're so focused on kids and therefore families really, like through children, if we can give them wonderful, safe, fun experiences and connection points to Jesus, then we can, you know, maybe draw in the rest of their family as well. So um, that's the environment that you got to be in and, uh, but every other week and, you know, whenever you're able to. So how, how did you see your home, um, you know, even your siblings, I think you have siblings. What, yes. what does that look like for you? <laughs> yeah. So I have three other siblings and, uh, so I have an older brother and then a older sister and then a twin brother. It's so funny cause a lot of people just don't think that I have a twin yeah. just cause he's not super involved okay. here at Grace. But, um, like people would know Charles Olminski sure. or Maddie Olminski or yeah. Lauren Olminski. So those are all my siblings. And, and so just kind of like had them felt like I always had them as like my people Mm -hmm. and so a lot of who they were a lot of how they lived their life kind of influenced me so Mm -hmm. I looked up to them a ton and and even like being involved at the church a lot of it was like okay like Maddie's little sister Charles's Mm -hmm. little sister Mm -hmm. it was like I was just associated with them because I was a sibling Mm -hmm. and so even as I've grown up just trying to be like no I'm Jocelyn Mm -hmm. and like I'm different and Mm -hmm. I'm not the same as them Um, and I'm grateful that they're my siblings and I'm grateful they're a part of my family but I am unique and Mm -hmm. and set apart uh, outside of uh, just being a sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, and then also thinking they're more, they're the most consistent part of your family. If you're with mm-hmm. mom part of the time, dad part of your time, but your siblings are this core with, that really were influential on you as you were growing up. Um, so, you know, you're getting into junior high and high school. What kind of things were you involved in? Did you do sports or like academically? What, what were you involved in? Yeah. So, um, in the middle of my middle school, like, seventh grade year, I, like, transferred schools. Oh, okay. So, like, wasn't didn't really feel like I connected at the school that I just joined and then the school that I left mm. and wasn't involved in sports, but um, kind of, like, had a lot, like, had friends, wanted to, like, get to know people and, and do well in school, like, get good grades and, and be, like, well-liked and, and be popular like that was just priorities that Mm -hmm. I had then and so however like I could just to kind of like fit in and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that sounds like teenage years yes for for you know it materializes differently for everybody but I can relate to that I can remember in junior high feeling like where do I fit in my family where do I fit in my school and my friend groups and and that can be painful was that a hard time or was it something that was able um that you journeyed through quickly or, you know, moving schools in middle school sounds yeah. really hard. Yeah, I would say it was a hard thing. I think even having like divorced parents and then mm. having to switch between going back and forth between my mom's house and then my dad's house. So it like it never felt like there was a place that was just for me yeah. that like it was like safe mm. and it was home. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, whenever going back between moms and dads, it, like it was always changing. So think family events or gatherings. It's like I had to um, say no to one to say yes to the other. Mm. So lots of like pick and choosing. Mm. So never felt like like it was mine or that like I could just be. And the same thing goes with like school. So like in growing up, going to a new school, it's like, well, everyone already has their friends. Mm. Everyone already knows each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone already has their own like things that they're involved in and that they've done ever since they were little that I didn't come from that and have that with me. And so the feeling of like, well, I'm I'm not 
like I don't necessarily fit in. I don't mm. don't feel like this is a place for me just to be and that I'm necessarily welcomed. Mm. And I'm not like the part of the original front group. I just mm-hmm. came later. And so even feeling like a second option there of mm. like, well, you know, like I'm friends with them, but they're not going to choose me to do things mm-hmm. first. And then that even flowed into church because mm. when I would show up every other weekend, um, it's not like I had like the consist I wasn't super consistent with it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have I feel like I didn't have the ability to make those like relationships yeah. or connections that like I could trust and could count on. Mm-hmm. Um so just always felt like a second option. Really mm-hmm. hard for me just to feel like any place was like mm. that I could be welcome there and that it was for me and could just be myself. Wow. How do you deal with that? Like what what did that, you know, how did you overcome that or did you, or was that just a dark spot for your life? Yeah, I would say it was a very dark spot and I think like still is a very mm. dark spot and mm-hmm. just trying to like navigate and overcome all of those things. Mm-hmm. Cause like whenever I was younger, that's just what I was used to and yeah. what I like, what was normal and natural for me. So just trying to like realize, okay, wait, like God actually wants me to belong, actually like wants me to feel like I fit in and like have a place. So it like, it took a while and still is uh, a challenging thing Mm -hmm. because a lot of times it's like, I just feel like it's just me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the one looking out for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who um, is protecting myself or um, it's like me against the world Mm -hmm. and I am independent. And so I have to like, yeah, like, do all these things and I can't ask for help and, and people don't want to help or mm-hmm. people don't want to like be there for me in like a practical or tangible way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now learning that like, okay, it's not just me. Like God actually is there with me mm-hmm. in all of it. Mm-hmm. And so I can be more dependent upon him than I am on myself and kind of letting go of like, yeah, the walls and barriers that I've put up. Cause I thought I was protecting myself mm-hmm. of not letting people in, not like, getting too like vulnerable or open with people and not like trying to like settle down anywhere like kind of like God like is is and did change that mm-hmm. and and really help me have a different perspective on like family and and on church and um yeah even like friends mm-hmm. right because as a teenage kid who's just trying to figure out life and and in some ways you know the survival mode that you're in with like you mentioned protecting yourself or in um like the pains that you were having you're you don't have the maturity quite yet to look, pause and say well based on all of my life experience I can tell that God is always here with me you're like just trying to figure out how to make it through school next the next day and you know have that um you know, you're just, you're, you're looking at yourself because that's what you know at that point and the, the most consistent thing in your life. So the fact that you were able to see Jesus in retrospect being there with you, but it, it wasn't that easy in the moment, in that time, you know, um, as a teenager, I'm sure, and, and the loneliness and, um, and thinking through those things. So how um, and when did your faith start to really become your own and Jesus become more of a rock for you to lean into? Yeah. So like I could tell you that I like made decisions when I was younger, when I was at the church or like at a Bible camp or Mm. at like a, 
whatever event that the church was hosting and would have had like the one-on-one spiritual conversation would have said and probably like admitted to like, yeah, I I accepted Jesus, Mm -hmm. but forgot about that. Didn't remember any of that, Mm. which kind of plays into like, didn't feel like it was necessarily always instilled at home. Mm. And so it wasn't until, so in the, just trying to survive, uh, middle school, starting high school, my, um, no one really had like strong faith in Jesus or a relationship with him. And it it was my sister Mm. at first that um, decided to like show up to church every weekend. Mm. So even whenever Mm -hmm. we were at my dad's, she's like, we have to go to church. Like we can't miss that. We have to show up for it. And, and she would, this would be the place that she actually wanted to, to be around. Mm. And and Mm -hmm. so she would come early and like stay later. And so I, as like, being her younger sister, mm-hmm. watched my older sister's life being transformed and changed by Jesus. That like it only made sense that it was Jesus that was changing her life um, and doing something in her. Um, and so I saw that and I was like, I I want that because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm lacking and like I, I I I have nothing else to lose. I don't even know like what my purpose is, what like my whole point is in this world. And so like mm-hmm. I'll latch on to like anything that I can. Mm-hmm. So I saw my sister latch on to the church and mm-hmm. and trying to figure out Jesus. And that actually seemed like it was working. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I went on a retreat, a Kalahari retreat. So we take students on that, mm-hmm. uh, at grace. And so my sister invited me and was like, Hey, I'm going to this. And I think you should too. Mm-hmm. And so after that, like, I just remember making the, like an actual decision to follow Jesus, like mm-hmm. rededicating my life to Jesus for the first time, because like, to me, it became like more than just something I showed up for yeah. on a weekend and more than like what my mom was like, this is good for us. We should do this. It mm-hmm. became like, I think that this is the only thing that's going to work. Mm-hmm. And like the only thing that I can latch on to that like is going to give me ev- like, give me what I'm looking for and searching for. And like that longing mm-hmm. was fulfilled and, and kind of just like making it, making it my own. And I didn't know it all. I didn't have all the details and and answers figured out, but just like wanted, like Jesus was something that I wanted. How did things change after that? Yeah. So it's really crazy. I feel like it, it changed a lot, but, um, I would say like even before following Jesus, my life was pretty difficult and my life was pretty hard just with things that I had to like navigate and walk through. But even like after accepting Jesus, like it was like, I think it actually got harder. Mm. (laughs) Like I think that it actually got worse. Okay. Talk more about that. Yeah. So, um, decided to follow Jesus and, and put my faith in him, but a lot of difficult things were happening within my family. Mm. And so, and and they became more like obvious and aware to me as I grew up, I became like, I understood what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I knew, I I was aware and I just knew it. So after following Jesus, when it comes to, uh, what was interesting is leading up to that point, my mom was like pushing us to go to church. Mm -hmm. Like you should be at church, you should come. Uh, And then as I got into high school, it became less of my mom pushing and like more of us, like making it a point to Mm -hmm. show up and to be here. And, uh, yeah. So like I said, my parents are divorced and, and my mom like remarried. And then my dad like has had a girlfriend that that he's been with for a while. And Mm -hmm. so 
like watching like even their relationships with like their mm-hmm. spouses or girlfriend or mm-hmm. watching that not necessarily be super healthy, mm-hmm. not like seeing that be Christ centered. Yeah. And um so so like the messiness and brokenness mm-hmm. that I think was that I was around and was just kind of like in. Mm-hmm. And so that continued on as you're prioritizing church more, but also trusting Jesus more and just learning more about how to have a relationship with him. But life is harder. Thank God that you mm-hmm. were getting closer to Jesus during that time, because if, if it was pre-Kalahari, that would have maybe taken a different pathway. But so how did you, um, you know, how did how did you be able to integrate Jesus into that? And, you know, it's not like it was harder. What does that even look yeah. like? How did you navigate it? I think like, honestly, like one of the biggest blessings that like, I've, that I think God has like given me and like by surrounding me with godly people. Mm-hmm. So like godly mentors and, and, mm-hmm. and um, just people to disciple me and to like take me underneath their wing and like show me what it looks like to follow Jesus, but also follow Jesus in like very uncertain, difficult, yeah. frustrating um, times that like sometimes I would be mad at God or angry at God or like I feel like I couldn't go to him and, and, and it wasn't always like great. And so I just remember like instances of people that have either like welcomed me into their home and like Mm. are like, hey, this night, like our home is open for for meals Mm. and for dinners. And if you want to come and if you want to just come be a part of that with us, like Mm -hmm. our whole family will be there. Mm. Like for me to watch what it looks like to Mm. um, see like a godly marriage on display, Mm -hmm. to see what it looks like to have like a healthy relationship with your kids Mm -hmm. and, and like what like a like a family unit and structure biblically Mm -hmm. should be like, so I was invited into watching that. I remember instances Mm -hmm. where things were really challenging at home. Um, uh, and I just, I didn't know what to do about it. Um, there was a time that my, my like, yeah, my, stepdad would have would have told me that he was moving out of the house mm. said that like and he he, w- he was drunk at the time mm. and so he came up to me and was like tell your mom that I said sorry tell your family I'm sorry like I'm moving out and if and, like next week or so and you're a teenager and I'm a teenager yeah and like I had no idea what to do about yeah. that and and I was the only one that he kind of had brought that to so mm. then for me to and he might have been drunk, so not in the right. right space, you know. But for me to be like, wait, am I supposed to tell my mom this? Yeah. Like, am I supposed to carry this, like, weight of, okay, what would happen if he does move out? And, like, trying to, like, piece things back together. And mm-hmm. and it was just a lot. I remember calling one of my mentors, and I'm like, hey, I like, I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what's happening and with my family and with my relationship with my mom and, and stepdad. And I would just really love if you came mm-hmm. and like just to talk. Mm-hmm. And so my mentor like came that um, to meet me where I was and just like mm-hmm. was there in that with me. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest take like she just let me cry yeah. and let me just like process and mm-hmm. feel the emotions that were, were going on. And the biggest thing was like that she helped me see and realize is, 
okay, it's like not my job to fix my my parents and the brokenness that's within it. Like it's not because of me that like they are like that is, um, yeah, it's, it's not my fault. And so like their job as my parents are supposed to like be the parent, like I'm the kid. Mm -hmm. And so I shouldn't operate as if like I, I, was acting as if I was the parent and mm-hmm. it just kind of like helped relieve the pressure yeah. of like, okay, like I don't, I don't know all the answers. Like, I don't know how this is going to figure itself out, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it just like was relieving to know that like it wasn't on me. Yeah. That's what a church family yeah. can be, should be, is available for is to step into those gaps when there's pain or hardship that, you know, a family of origin is struggling through as well. I'm sure your mom, your stepdad, your siblings, everybody was in their own space of struggle. And I love that the way that you shared that mentor was like, she met you where you were, like she met you where you were physically, probably she came to you, (laughs) but also she just met you where you were in life and was able to let you be, just be there and cry and mourn and be scared or, you know, anything that you needed. And then to um, advise and to kind of help in a motherly like way that would be helping to guide you um, toward Jesus, which is really what you needed. And um, I can only imagine, like these are all your teenage years, right? And what school were you in during high school when you transitioned? Copley. Copley, yeah. Okay, so you're in Copley High School and um, trying to be involved more and more in the church and making your faith your own after Kalahari. so then throughout high school, did did things get easier or harder still? Yeah, harder and easier. Like, I, I think what was the difference after following Jesus and, and even going throughout challenging times that followed is the fact that um, to, like, to know that when everything else around me is inconsistent, when everything else around Mm. me is changing, when everything else around me is like unreliable or like Mm -hmm. maybe like not meeting or living up to like what I thought it would or expectations. Like when I, when I have no control, Mm -hmm. like I can count and hold on to Jesus that like he is in control and that he knows what he's doing, like that he has his best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. And that like, if I have nobody, like I have him Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, like it just became so real to me. Like Jesus, like, like actually became so real that, that like I had him and Mm -hmm. like he was what I needed and, and like became content personally and like, in yeah, letting Jesus be Jesus and, but that relationship was like what I needed mm-hmm. and it had helped. It just sounds so much like we what we hear in the Psalms, right? Yeah, you are my refuge, yeah. you are my strength, you are my protector and ever present help. And that's not easy to remember when you're being chased by lions or when you're being pursued by things of pain and darkness. Um, but the ability to see that again, you're a, a teenage girl trying to figure a lot of life out and to be able to have that system around you and just your own relationship with God that he was there for you as that rock is really amazing. Um, okay. So what did you think when you were, as you were going through all of this, what did you think you would be when you grow up and, and what did you hope for in your future? Yeah. So, um, it's so funny. I think like leading up to, 
like for a, a while I was like I my mom's a nurse mm-hmm. so I for a while I was like I'm just gonna be a nurse like mm-hmm. that just seems like an easy thing to do um like she was doing it like isn't that what most people end up familiar <laughs> yeah exactly it's super familiar yeah. I was like yeah I'll be a nurse but like throughout high school like sophomore year specifically I went to Momentum Youth Conference, which mm-hmm. we also take students on, and felt this, like, huge calling mm. and, like, that God wanted me to pursue ministry, mm. like, full-time uh, vocationally, and that ministry was, like, something that God had, like, given me, like, the passions for and, like, equipped me for, and it, like, it didn't even make sense all the way, but I just felt like that was where I should go and mm-hmm. what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. So did you do that? What did, what did that look like? How did that play out? Yeah, so it it did play out. Um, right now, I like I intern with student ministries, and um, yeah, for for a while, like just kind of like wrestling through that. Like, okay, my sister was was doing ministry too. My mm-hmm. brother was also doing ministry within the church, and so realizing like my desire and pursuit of doing ministry as well is not because it was something that I saw them do Mm. and something that like worked for them. Mm -hmm. It was like, I, like I am convicted that like there is nothing else Mm. that like God wants me to do besides Mm -hmm. ministry. And so like in high school, it's like, okay, taking ownership of my faith, but also like leading, like getting opportunities to lead and and to do ministry while I was in high school. And before it was even like a career or job, it was like, what can I do now mm-hmm. that is going to like help me and propel me and and train me that I can learn? Like, because, yeah, I don't have to just be doing ministry whenever I'm getting a paycheck for it. That's right. So, but now I, I get the privilege and, and blessing to do ministry at Grace Church with students and, and to like lead like middle school and high school girls who who like have been in situations and seasons that like I was in yeah and then to like be someone that like shows up for them and mm-hmm. like cares about them and meets like them where they are to them. meets them where they are yeah it's a wow. it's a huge thing but yeah yeah just thinking back to what you needed what you wanted what you received from the mentors that you had and now being able to give that back to teenagers that might come to you and what an opportunity to open space for vulnerability for them where you have the great gift of being willing and able to share your story the hard parts the dark parts you're not hiding it you're very able and willing to say yeah me too and yeah. let's talk about it and and not in a this is about me way but in a let me make space for this to be as much about you as you're willing to share way i imagine that you're an amazing mentor that to them and I also love that it sounds like in high school you made a decision to take time to lead while still learning. You didn't mm-hmm. you weren't trying to wait until oh well once I get this degree or once I get this thing then I can start leading or giving back or um but you're learning and leading at the same time. Are you part of the Grace at Grace program yes. as well? Okay. Yeah. So that is the whole model there. Talk more about yes. that. Yeah, so I'm going I'm a junior now. It's my third year into wow. the Grace at Grace program and like that that's exactly what it's meant for. Mm-hmm. So like the hands on ministry experience while mm-hmm. also getting um like the education for mm-hmm. it and, and having professors and pastors come in and, and like teach ministry and teach you the Bible and like um, help prepare you for mm-hmm. like what to expect and what it's going to look like. 
um, that experience has been, like, having the internship, having the Grace College has been really cool to see, like, those, like, play out at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, like, my first year in the Grace College program, I did not have any, like, Christian school background, Bible education. Uh, It was a lot of my own personal, like, okay, like, I want to know what the Bible says, so let me, like, study it and let me learn for myself. But, like, to be in a class, like a classroom setting that it's like, this is all Bible. It, and really dived into it and the meaning and, Mm. um, like interpreting it. I like my level of just like excitement to know the Bible Mm. and like grew so much. Amazing. And, um, like it was like, whoa, like I never knew, like Mm -hmm. I never knew this type of stuff. Like I never knew that like that tied to that. And then it Mm -hmm. actually meant that. And then like now I can apply it in this way. Like it, mm-hmm. it was super eye opening and life, life giving. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy because my yeah first year was was having all these like you know like intro to the Bible classes. Here's the Old Testament. Here's the New Testament. And while also in my internship, was like teaching and leading middle schoolers yeah. like the Bible. And so it, it ended up being like what I was learning in class was yeah. like what I was teaching on the weekend. You're like, and you're like an active, fast and active, pour in, pour out, pour yeah. in, pour out in like the yeah. best way yeah. of you're filling up in class and then you're activating that right away versus filling up for four years and then, all right, let's open the floodgates and now start pouring out into a, a hands-on ministry, yeah. but you're doing it simultaneously. Yeah. And so cool. I also just thought like, I, I know I want to do ministry. Like I know that that's something that God has And so even figuring out where to do that, it's Mm -hmm. like, I think that like actually doing it here, Mm -hmm. getting the internship and like being able to like lead people that I love in in a place that is familiar that Mm -hmm. I grew up in, but have a different perspective on it now. Like Mm -hmm. I think like I had to realize that like the best place to do that Mm -hmm. is right now and right here in the opportunity that was presented to me. So like, why not take advantage of it? That's right. And you are so close to proximity-wise and age-wise to these kids Mm -hmm. because you maybe even have the same math teacher that they still have now. You know what I mean? Like there are so many Copley kids here at this church that you're interacting with and anyone in the surrounding area so that they're coming here to Grace and you're serving them in that way. You can relate to them far more than someone like me could because you aren't so far removed from the struggles that they're going through. And you can, from a very wise place, like you're also not just a random person who's leading them. You are intently and intensely studying the Bible and God's truth and his word and able to pour that into them. So that is absolutely a gift. I I am so blessed and thankful to be in a church like this that has that pouring into our our kids. You know, I have kids in the age that you serve. So that's an, an amazing thing to watch and to see that you went through the Kalahari, the mm-hmm. momentum and all that, and now into to Grace at Grace. Yeah. And um, you, I mentioned at the beginning, shared your story on a panel at the women's retreat. So even that, like just, again, saying how you're willing and able to share your story. So tell us what that was like. Yeah. So um, it's crazy because, like, I feel like I share my story or, like, I try to be open with my life and because it's like okay like vulnerability breeds vulnerability so if I like talk about my experience Mm -hmm. like I know that someone else is gonna relate to it Mm -hmm. understand it and also like gives them honestly like some type of like permission to be like it's actually okay yes like if I'm if I'm feeling this way or like yeah so um at the women's retreat kind of asked to do that um 
And what was crazy, my mom signed up to like attend this women's retreat without even me, without her knowing that I was going to share or like talk. And so leading up to it, kind of like even preparing my mom beforehand of I'm sharing my story. Mm -hmm. And like, I know that there's things that like maybe even you're not proud of or Mm. excited about or thrilled that happened in my life and might be hard Mm -hmm. for you to like hear and hard for you, like for you to kind of be in, in the room. But like, Mm. I, I want you to like be there like Mm -hmm. and and also not out to get you not out to like make it seem like you're the worst person ever Mm -hmm. um and but also like I'm so grateful that you're my mom and like have learned a lot from you and have developed a ton because of you and so just preface that beforehand and then Mm -hmm. at the women's retreat got to share it um my story and talk about my life and upbringing my childhood my mom was listening and, like, I knew it was going to be a lot. Like, yeah. it, like it's heavy. And, sure. and it's the first time that she's ever seen me in that type mm. of setting, in that type of way. And so afterwards, um, kind of, like, didn't really connect, didn't talk to her. But later, like, I, I knew that, like, she was a little bit upset. And mm-hmm. I knew that, that it, like, kind of did something within her, like, mm-hmm. stirred something. And she probably had a lot of, like, thoughts and feelings and emotions and I found her and um we were just talking and and she was just like crying Mm. and just like just really frustrated at the fact that like um like she wished that she could have made things different she Mm -hmm. wished that she could have changed kind of like my circumstances and and that it wouldn't have been as hard or wouldn't have been as difficult and it would have been easier Mm. she just felt like she's like I just feel so bad and like Mm -hmm. I just feel so sorry And, and and she was like, I didn't want that to happen. I, I, I wish that it didn't. Mm. Um, and so just, like, this, like, really sweet moment between my mom and I of just kind of, like, facing the reality of, like, what happened. Mm-hmm. But also reconciling it and mm. realizing that, like, okay, it, like, it can be healed. Yes. And, like, this is my story, but, like, God used it for good. Yes. And later that that night my mom like had left the women's retreat early so kind of didn't really talk to her and then I ended up getting like this letter in the mail from my mom Mm. and it was super like kind of spontaneous wasn't wasn't expecting it and what it was is like like my mom explaining that she's like proud of me Mm. but also like is asking for forgiveness Mm. like she's like will you forgive me she's like because of some of the decisions that I've made I know that that affected you but like God is using you Mm -hmm. and like I'm grateful that like your story actually is a story that like God is using to help other people Mm -hmm. so like there is good in in, like the hard times and, and the difficult circumstances and and since then, like, of me processing my story, sharing that, being open about it, my mom, mm-hmm. we met after I received the letter, and she, like, is wanting to, like, write down and, and think through her own story mm-hmm. of how Jesus has showed up and how, like, kind of the difficult, hard times that she's, like, walked through and just seen the reality of it, and mm-hmm. she started going to counseling. So, like, mm-hmm. lots of healing mm-hmm. on that end has happened as a result. Wow. And... You talked about wanting to be independent, not independent, but like that Jocelyn is Jocelyn. It's not Charles's little sister or anything like that, but your impact, your story. And that is such a perfect picture of that, that you're 
upwardly influencing at the same time that you're downwardly influencing to those teenage girls. You're also making your own impact in your family, the way that your sister impacted you by inviting you to things and, and being a leader. Like you are leading, you're leading adults, you're leading kids, you're leading yourself and you're doing it in Christ. You're not doing it out of Jocelyn's power or, you know, ego or anything like that. It seems from in listening to you that you're doing it in humility and in a a wonderful posture of putting Christ first and doing it simply to serve him. If another person can benefit from my pain, not like, oh, I'm so glad that these painful things happened, but like, dang it, they did. Mm -hmm. And okay, Lord, so I give it back to you. And what can you do with it by sharing vulnerably like that? Did anything else from the women's conference, because there was so many people, I mean, everyone was crying in that room the whole weekend long, but um, yeah. did anybody else like come to you and say, thank you so much, you helped me in this way? Yeah, and, and what was so interesting about that is like, in that room was full of a lot of parents mm. of the students that I like work mm. with and get to lead. Mm-hmm. And so that was just an interesting perspective coming from, oh, wait, like this is the girl like <laughs> that is leading my daughter. Mm. And like this is her life and her story. Mm-hmm. And um, this like I, the influencer impact that like even I, I was having on their daughters and then also on them. I, it was yeah, while to just, for them even to get to know another side of me mm-hmm. that was like, yeah, like this is it. This is kind of just like the raw, unfiltered, like messy, not clean up version of my life. And like it just, I think, opened another perspective of myself to mm-hmm. them and even like built the like trust Yeah. Um, of like, no, like I trust you that mm-hmm. like, I like, I'm letting my daughter be influenced and impacted by you and spend time with you. And like, I think it was difficult in a sense, just because it's like, okay, like I know I might know things or I know whose mom you are and I like Mm -hmm. the situation. But yeah, I think it just like helped. uh, Helped. Right. Because Satan would love to have kept that quiet. Mm -hmm. He would have loved to keep you in the dark. And not only in those younger years when it was happening, but afterwards to contain you as a prisoner in that those secrets, those stories, those painful moments that you experienced and keep them quiet so they could continue to just grow mold and deteriorate your soul and your spirit. But by opening up the doors of that, by saying hard things out loud and sharing with your students, with their parents, with the women at the women's retreat, with everyone listening to this podcast, he loses all power. Yeah. And God, who has ultimate power anyways, is just you're more moldable in his hands to do the next thing that he is calling you to with every obedient yes, with every obedient Okay, I'll I'll share with this t- person too, with my mom, with you know anything that you're doing in that way. There's so much power there. Yeah, yeah, because like afterwards, I guess even walking off the stage from sharing, I'm like, wow, like I cannot believe that, like, like I I feared that the people listening in the room would see me as like the worst daughter. Mm. Like I can't believe that like you would bash your mom mm. when you were like talking mm-hmm. like and that you would do that in front of her and in mm. front of a ton, a ton of people mm-hmm. and so like satan as quickly yeah. as i stepped off that stage got into my head started whispering started whispering mm-hmm. like lies and um but like i know that like that isn't true and and mm-hmm. i know that yeah i had to like fight the lies and tell myself what was, was true mm-hmm. um 
but yeah, so like even parents coming up and, and like responsive, like, I, like I'm grateful for you, mm-hmm. like grateful, like for your life and your influence and your impact and Mm -hmm. that like you're the one that's leading my daughter Mm -hmm. like and it was affirming to even like God's call of where I should be Mm -hmm. yeah you're just growing in wisdom and strength because I also remember that day you drove back to Akron to go to a class (laughs) for like four (laughs) hours and drove back to be on that panel but that's just to say that you are filling your cup in pouring it out and it's at a rapid pace but should you stop filling it the pouring out is going to come up dry right and it could be yourself based or any you know kind of pride or it could be coming from a different source right and also if you keep filling it without the pouring out then you're just going to have this cup that's selfishly overflowing with goodness and great you know riches from the lord but it's where else is it going to go so i love hearing that you're filling and you're pouring and you're um you know filling up your mom's cup in some ways and filling up these girls' cups and their parents' cups and, and so many people around you. And, you know, Pastor Brad, as we were walking in here, saw us <laughs> and said, you're going to go out there and change the world, which I'm, I'm believing more and more as I get to know yeah. you. So what do you see next? You, know, you said you're a junior. Mm-hmm. What are your visions? What are your hopes? What is God kind of leading you toward? Yeah, so kind of holding that... It's funny because you'll get that question all the time. It's like when you graduate high school, what are you going to do when yep. you go to college? Like, what do you want, like, what are you major in? Like, what do you want your life to look like? And, like, that question just never goes away. And I think I expected that after I would be able to say, yeah, ministry and Grace College, like, that I'd be set for a while, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, kind of holding that with an open hand, I think I've put even a lot of pressure on myself to, like, figure out, okay, like, where am I going and what do I want to do? And I need to know Mm. in order to know, I'm like, I need to know how to get there. Mm -hmm. And so kind of like putting a lot of pressure and expectation. Well, it's just honestly, like a lot of it is like allowing God to like lead me and bring me to the, like the path and job position and, and wherever he wants me to go. And yeah, a lot of it was like put onto myself and the pressure of like, I have no idea and like, I need to figure this out now. But like trusting that like, like, okay, like being faithful and obedient to where God has placed me. Mm-hmm. And like, that is like right here. Mm-hmm. And if God wants me to like do something different or something else, like I, I, I want to be willing to follow that and like go wherever that, that is. But until that point, it's like, okay, how can I take it? Like, take and make the most of right now Mm -hmm. because trying to like figure out the future is a lot of me trying to like use my own strength and rely on my own Mm -hmm. self and Mm -hmm. trying to prove myself and make a name for myself that Mm -hmm. like isn't my job to do yeah and so I don't know necessarily exactly long term what that will look like but I think um definitely ministry like feels such a conviction from that or to do that um but if that is like with students, if that is females. I mm-hmm. recently started getting involved in rehab, uh, mm-hmm. mentoring mm-hmm. the girls there. And like that has brought a lot of life and joy. Mm-hmm. And so right now, like also it's t- trying to like, okay, see what's around me and like figure out a clear giftings and, and passions and callings and strengths and, and leaning into that. Like, mm-hmm. So I don't know, <laughs> but I do know that like 
yeah, God, God will work that out. Absolutely. And you're going all in on everything that you're doing while also completely holding it an open hand. Like yeah. you're not just going to sit here and say, well, let's just wait until the Lord shows me what I'm doing. You're, you're doing right now and you're learning and you're, you're serving here. But should it's what I'm hearing is should something call you to move or to go to a different ministry, you know, Rahab, who knows what doors will be open. And I think any um, mentor or person that's older than you would say how many gifts there are in that in that method. And it's so good because you can you can live so many lifetimes within lo- one lifetime. And you know, if anybody listening listens back to any of these other stories that we share on Unscripted, that's so much what happens. And you're just at the forefront of all of that. So yeah. it's exciting to know someone like you who's um, – like Brad said, going to go out and change the world, but who's right here, right now, just changing little worlds in everything that you do as well. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's anything that you could say to kind of summarize and and wrap it up for anybody that would be listening, what would be something you'd want to leave them with? Yeah, I would say like big takeaway too. like, yeah, I, if anything, like God is working and like God is alive mm-hmm. and he's real and mm-hmm. like a lot of my story, like, with pain and suffering and and past and hurt, like, just realizing, like, that is not the end. Like, mm. God is, like, using that and, like, bringing something out of that. And, like, yeah, like, God actually, like, has a purpose. Like, mm-hmm. God knows what he's doing. Mm. And so in times when I felt like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? What's happening? And, like, trusting and looking to God that, like, he's doing something. And it's even... Looking back, like, whenever I was in high school or middle school, like, I would have never expected myself to yeah. be here. And, like, the same thing is, like, I, I, I don't even know if I could, like, comprehend what, like, God might want to do after mm-hmm. I graduate or, mm-hmm. like, when I when I get older. And, like, high expectation that, like, God is, is working and, and, you know, like, all things work together for the good of those who love him. And, like, yeah, like, just the fact that, God can heal and like God can redeem yeah. and God can bring reconciliation and like God wants to use what you have to offer, but you have to be willing to offer that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a big lesson. And it will be more than you could ever ask or yeah. imagine. Right. And yeah. that's, I love that your perspective is that full expectation, right? Yeah. You're expectant. You're waiting expectantly for him, knowing that he did it once and he's going to mm-hmm. do it again. He can, he can rescue you. He can redeem the bad for good. So should another dark spot come, you can say, okay, this is dark, and that's true, and it's valid. However, I've watched him heal before, and it could be days, months, years that the healing um, process takes, but but you've seen it before, and, and he can do it again. Um, that's, that's really good, and I think that um, – the gift that you're giving to those teenage girls. And I've actually, if there's anybody listening maybe that relates to this story um, of the just the hard things that a real family experience can bring or maybe knows somebody, maybe knows a teenager or, or just even an adult who hasn't been able to process that yet or say these things out loud that you are breaking free, like you're breaking a cycle by being <laughs> able to say it out loud both within your family and with like Satan's grip that he had on that. So if anyone's listening, um, you know, would it be okay? Could they reach out to you through the church? Like we can put a link in the, the um, podcast notes or whatever yeah. and um, maybe have a conversation 
conversation with you if that's something that they think you could help them with. Yes, yeah. definitely, for sure. We'd love, we'd love to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. willing and able to share your story. And it is truly just beginning. So excited <laughs> yeah. to see you continue to serve here at Grace and wherever it goes from there. Awesome. Thanks, thank Jocelyn. You.